Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Well, I am so thankful I get the opportunity to be with you this morning. It's both an honor and a privilege. It just blesses me. I want to recognize somebody before we start. Our children's volunteers are in the back. They're teaching our children about Jesus. They're teaching them how to worship. They're an amazing group of volunteers that are missing our service to pour into our kids. And because of them, I get to be with them this morning. So church, can we give them a round of appreciation? Well, I first want to tell you a little bit about myself. I went to Tarleton State University on a softball scholarship. I graduated with a degree in exercise and sports studies, then moved on to Odessa College, where I became the assistant softball coach for four years. Loved it, it was amazing, we were successful. Gave me a whole new perspective of being an athlete, but also a coach. It was amazing, I learned a lot of things there. I thought that that was something that I would do forever. I wanted to be a head softball coach, but God had different plans for me. He led me to be a teacher, to work on my certification to be a teacher. I thought I would coach high school softball, but no, he still had different plans. I became a first grade teacher. It's a whole lot different than an assistant coach. Let me just tell you, you say to do something, but you have to say it different or they just don't get it. They don't understand. I loved being a teacher. Ben and I conceived, and we were carrying a little baby boy that we were ready to deliver, and so God had a different plan for me. So I stepped down from teaching to be a long-term stay-at-home mom. Long-term. Have you ever heard of a long-term stay-at-home mom? Me neither. I just made it up. <laughs> I'm trying to convince Ben that it really is a position. Long-term. I love it so much. I enjoy staying home with my little one. It's so much fun. Doing play dates with you guys has been a blast, and I enjoy every moment with him. Well, the title of my message today is Birth. Yes, you heard right, Birth, B-I-R-T-H. Guys, I know what you're thinking. I probably should have stayed in bed this morning. Why did I come to listen to Brandy Chapman speak about birth? I really don't want to know about this. Well, I know there are two guys that can relate really well to you this morning. So can we show them that clip this morning? We have a lot of superheroes in here this morning. How many of you would know some men that you would like to hook to that machine? <laughs> then maybe next year for Mother's Day, we can make that happen. Have our own YouTube video. But we can birth many things. We can birth some positive things, and we can birth some negative things. We can birth friendships. A lot of you in here were invited by somebody who wanted to build a friendship with you. We get to birth the church, Luminous Church. Excited to do that with you, to birth people that love Jesus and want to see Jesus clearly. We can birth a friendship, being introduced to somebody at Starbucks, being at the same place at the same time. We can also birth some negative things. We can birth fears, fears of not succeeding, 
fears of not graduating high school, college, or a master's program, fear of not getting married. I've birthed some great things in my life. I've birthed the college degree. I've birthed the marriage. I've birthed more than one career. Birthed many positive things in my life, but I've also birthed a lot of negative things in my life. Birthed the fear of being alone, the fear of people close to me dying, a fear of delivering a baby. Had many fears in my life, but the one I want to focus on today is the fear of delivering a baby. There's actually a name for this fear. It's called tocophobia. I'm sure you've probably never heard of it. I never heard of it either, so I looked it up. It's the fear of pregnancy and childbirth. Now, when you look up fears, you can have fears of many things. You can have fear of claustrophobia, arachnophobia. There's all these phobias out there. Fear is believing that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause a pain or a threat. I believe that childbirth was going to be so painful that I was scared and afraid to even conceive. I was scared of needles. How many in here are scared of needles? They're rough, pointy, and they hurt when they poke you. And if they don't get it right the first time, it hurts even worse. But sometimes it's just all in our head. Here I am, this college athlete. Pitched balls, I've pitched in stressful games. I've caught balls, and some balls I didn't catch. They caught me, and they hurt really bad. <laughs> so I'm going to get my blood work done. Here I am, freaking out over a little needle, knowing I'm a college athlete that's got hit by a hard ball. It says softball, but they are hard, and they're bigger than baseballs, so to me, they hurt worse. If you have your Luminous app this morning, would you click on notes and just follow along with me? We're going to turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 36. What we fear can control us. What, we f what you fear controls you. What we believe can control us either positively or negatively. My fear affected me negatively. It controlled the fact that I was afraid of the outcome. I was also afraid to tell people I was pregnant because I had the fear of losing the baby. There were so many people around me that were trying to have babies and were miscarrying. So I had the fear that I had to wait to tell people I was pregnant. In the Bible, there are 350 scriptures that talk about fear. What we will fear, when we will fear, what to fear, what not to fear. In Mark chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus says, Do not be afraid, just believe. Do not be afraid, just believe. If we aren't to be afraid, then what are we to do? Jesus says believe, but what are we to believe? If you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Dismay means the Lord doesn't want us to be terrified. He doesn't want us to be frightened. The Lord doesn't want us to be discouraged. The Lord just wants us to believe. Believe. Believe that he has gone before us. Believe that he will be with us. 
Believe that he will not forsake us. When you have fear, just as I did, Jesus wants you to replace that fear. What does he want us to replace it with, you ask? Well, let's look. Let's look in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. In that scripture, God is telling us he didn't give us that spirit of fear. But what he did give us is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. The Lord wants to replace our fears. He wants to replace your fears. With that spirit of love, because he wants to love us, because he does. He wants us to love others. He wants us to have self-control, but he wants to give us the strength not to fall into temptation. So church, if we want to conquer our fears, then we have to be willing to confront them. You cannot conquer what you are not willing to confront. So let me tell you how I confronted my fear. I first prayed, I read the word, the truth, And lastly, I gained more knowledge about childbirth than anybody ever wants to have in their life, probably. (laughs) I didn't just pray before bed. I prayed often on my commute to work, on my commute to home, when I was scared, when those thoughts and those fears came to my mind. I picked up the book, The Supernatural Childbirth. I declared scriptures over myself again and again and again. I declared that I was going to have an amazing delivery one day and that God, in fact, had equipped me to deliver a baby. Ben and I waited five years into marriage before we really had the desire for children. We had a lot of bad experiences previously with childcare. (laughs) That was great for my fear because, in fact, the Lord was working on my heart. He was building me up every day. He was building my faith greater and greater every day as I grew closer to him by reading his word and inputting truth into myself because I was going to need that truth later. I was ready to face my fear. We didn't conceive right away. It took several months. In those months, I found myself sad, not understanding why this didn't happen. Why is it not happening right away? A friend prayed for us. We didn't tell him what we were going through. The Lord had put it on his heart to pray for us to have children. In that moment and in that prayer, I was just reminded that he had called me to do this. So he had faith and encouraged us. So two months later, in our last adoption class training, we find out that we're pregnant and we are going to have a baby. We were so excited, so excited. We told our parents. They were excited. We were just overjoyed, overjoyed. But then the reality sets in. The fear that I had feared all along. Church, when you have fear, it becomes reality and it's scary. It's scary in those moments, and we become afraid. All those negative things start coming through your head. The enemy tries to come and tell you, you can't do this. You're not equipped. 
He is a liar. And he will continue to speak lies to you today. But then we have a choice. We have a choice. Are we going to face those fears? Are we going to let them beat us? Fear for me was still there, so I know I had to face it with a word. I had to face it with the truth. I had to face it with knowledge. How many of you in here fear going to deep waters? Well, if you have a fear of that, wouldn't you first want to learn how to swim? Wouldn't you want to know that there are lifeguards in case you have trouble? And wouldn't you feel more comfortable taking people with you that are more experienced? Me too. So that's just what I did. I took Ben along with me. When you want to gain knowledge, you just take an online course. This online course was called Birthing Boot Camp. He was so supportive. He encouraged me through it all. He knew that I had a fear and I had to gain knowledge to overcome it. This online class was 10 weeks long with hour long videos. This poor guy, Ben, has probably watched more birthing videos than he has ever wanted to in his life. I wanted to get trained up. I wanted to learn. I wanted to know. I ordered all the books. I read the thick, super thick books, that, that book that's probably on your shelf that you thought, oh, I'm never going to read that. I'm never going to pick that up. I was picking those up. I wanted to know. I wanted to learn from these authors. I also went to my sister-in-law, who is a beast. She had three non-medicated births in a child birthing center. It was amazing. So she sat down with me. She trained me. She talked to me. She was gentle. Even when I would say the most ridiculous thing, she was sweet to me. I was looking for all the facts to come face to face with my fears. So in order, order to overcome my fears, I was going to have to replace them with truth. Truth, a fact or belief that is accepted as true, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. What I was believing before wasn't a fact. I believed that labor was awful that I wasn't capable of doing it. I doubted that God had created me to do this. But I knew that God was calling me to something much bigger than myself and what I thought was possible. So if you'll turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. There are 25 times in the book of John that Jesus says, truly, truly. When Jesus says, truly, truly, it is a profound matter, and that we need to pay close attention to what was to follow. Because what was to follow was going to carry some weight, and it was going to be very significant. So as we look at the scripture again, he says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. So I was believing the Lord for a natural childbirth because I had a fear of doing it on my own. But I also feared letting the doctors do it for me. And that huge epidural needle 
I didn't want to come face to face with. Well, after taking my online course, reading all those books, dragging Ben along, Benson was growing and growing and growing. This guy was getting huge, which meant I was getting even bigger. If you don't believe me, just take a look at this. But before you do, I give you permission to laugh. I mean, look at those toes, y'all. Separators could barely get through those. I mean, those cheeks, though. Looking like a Cabbage Patch doll. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable, but I finally made it to my 40th week. I was a swollen mess. My shoes didn't fit. My mom's shoes that were bigger than mine, they didn't fit either. My maternity clothes didn't fit me either. I was a mess. My skin was stretching, so that meant it was itching. I had been with anti-itch cream, massaging my feet for the last three months. Poor guy. <laughs> Gives really good massages, by the way. All I wanted to do is stay in my reclining sofas in the air condition, and that's it. It was the middle of the summer in July. I will try my best not to do that again. When you burst something, it's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to seem as if it's never going to happen. You're going to grow impatient. You're going to wonder in those times, is this even your calling? You will start to question God in those moments. 45 minutes before my 40-week appointment, my water breaks. Now, not like the movie water breaks. In the movies, everybody rushes to the hospital and they freak out and they panic and you're in labor and you're breathing. <laughs> Not me. My water had broke, but I wasn't having any contractions. I wasn't dilated. This little boy was not progressing. I'm thinking, Lord, I prayed that he would come early. I even spoke it, declared it. He didn't come early. I prayed that he would come on time. He didn't come on time. He was late, and I was tired. I wanted to stick to all that I had learned, all that I had planned for, but it felt impossible at this point. When you are birthing something in you, it's going to feel impossible. Impossible, not able to occur, not able to exist, not able to be done. Have you ever bought a house? That process can sometimes be pleasant and sometimes be unpleasant. Of course, we had amazing realtors that are in the house today. But I still managed to test more of my patience with buying a house than I even thought I had. Or maybe you don't have, and all your weaknesses come to surface. There's so much paperwork involved. You spend endless hours looking through realtor.com. We used to wake up every morning knowing there would be new listings and open up our app and go, oh, not today. Get impatient, can get frustrating. It can seem impossible to find one in the right neighborhood at the right price. For me, birthing this baby was feeling impossible. There are two ladies in the Bible 
that can relate to this. Mary and Elizabeth, they were cousins. So if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 35 through 45. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. We have to believe the impossible. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with the haste in the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. In verse 47, it says, blessed is she, Mary, Mother of Jesus, who believed, believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Not only does Mary find out she's pregnant, but she finds out that her cousin Elizabeth, who was barren, was also going to conceive a child. I can only imagine in that moment her joy to not only have joy for herself, but also joy for her cousin. I'm sure there are moments when you feel like it's impossible. But then when you find out that it isn't, and God truly answered your prayers, it does something to your heart. It does something to your soul. In those moments when my water broke and I'm at home waiting on this baby to come, waiting on labor to start, I got a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Don't you need to be at the hospital? Is the cord going to wrap around his neck? Are you sure Benson's okay? Fear was starting to settle in me and others as well around me. When you are birthing something and you, the questions are going to arise. The people that care for you the most are the ones that will want to be assured. You will have to assure them in that process. They will want to know from you that you believe this is the right career for you, that you will graduate, that you will succeed, that this is the right house for you, that he or she is the right husband or wife for you, that you can do the impossible. We went home that day. I was excited, but at the same time, I was discouraged. I felt more than ready for labor to happen. I labored all night with the help of my sister-in-law, Tiffany, and my supportive husband, Ben. I had two contractions during that time that lasted eight minutes long. 
Those two contractions set me over the top. After the second one, my eyes were filled with water. Tears started running down my face, and I looked at Ben, and I said, I don't think I can do this. He encouraged me. He rubbed in my back, and he told me it was going to be okay. And was I ready to go to the hospital? I was tired. I was hungry. But I was proud of myself for laboring at home as long as I did. Having my support team along the way to encourage me. God will use people in your life to encourage you when God is doing the impossible through you. Getting through a divorce, getting through a miscarriage, getting through the loss of a loved one, or just finding out bad news. When real life happens, God will use people around you to get you through what seems impossible in that moment. God can continue to use my family, continue to use my friends to encourage me through every single contraction. When I was getting impatient, physically and emotionally tired, on that 28th hour of labor, it was finally time for this little guy to make an appearance. I waited all these days, carried this baby for over 40 weeks, and labored for a whole day for this very moment I had been working towards. My mom and my husband were on each side. There was fear in their eyes of what was going to happen. Possibly even thinking she has a plan. What if her plan doesn't work? My mom started crying. I looked at her and I said, you have to believe. I have to do this. I believed in myself that I could birth this baby, fulfilling my calling, and do what seemed impossible. But it was getting physically difficult at this point. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it on my own. Then, all of a sudden, I heard this very song that I needed to hear, playing from our playlist of 60 songs that it could have been and in that exact moment I heard this nothing is impossible for you nothing is impossible nothing is song in that very moment for me was a reminder to me that God had called me to birth this baby boy 
and that in fact it was not impossible. By this time, the word had spread to all the nurses that my water had been broken for days. I had been laboring for hours. The swelling, the high blood pressure, the no medication, they were all there to witness, but they had an opinion and they were verbally expressing it. The miracle was about to happen against all the odds. With two more pushes, this baby boy came and I got to hold him in my arms instead of my tummy for the first time. Can we show that picture? Church, believe the impossible and let the Holy Spirit remind you of the truth. Holy Spirit, he's the third person of the Trinity. He's the comforter, he's the helper. He had come to remind me in that moment. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. In that moment for me, the Holy Spirit had come to remind me of his truth, of what I knew all along, and what I was believing for that seemed impossible without God. What are you believing for this morning that may seem impossible to you to birth today? I'm here to tell you that what seemed impossible for me too, but I know my maker and he is in the business of doing the impossible. He has sent his Holy Spirit this morning to remind you of the truth. Nothing is impossible with God. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. So if you bow your heads with me, close your eyes. Jesus, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to remind us of what you called us to birth. Whether that's a baby, a career, a new house a new belief or just to overcome a fear of what feels to us impossible. I pray, Jesus, that you hear our hearts this morning. Father, continue to send your Holy Spirit to remind us of your truth and what your word says to us. Give us the strength to have love and self-control to gain victory in what you have called us to. Surround us with people who encourage us and point us to the truth. Give us courage to conquer the things that we aren't willing to confront without you. Jesus, thank you for reminding us that we will do even greater things than you. In your precious son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, if you would stand with us this morning as we close out in a song of worship and prayer. Can we give Brandy a big hand for sharing that and be transparent with us this morning? I'm so thankful for her this morning.
Man, you know, the, the impossible becomes possible because of what Jesus did upon the cross 2,000 years ago, that he lived a life that you and I couldn't live, and he died a death that you and I couldn't die. And on three days later, he rose again, conquering death and providing life and new life for all those who would confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. That in here you may have dreams, you may have desires, you may have broken promises, you have may, may have broken expectations. Just like my wife had some broken expectations and yet still a miracle. And yet still Benson came. We want the mamas to feel like they bloom this morning. That's why we call this day bloom. Is that when the mamas come in here, and I'm not just talking about physical mamas, I'm talking about spiritual mamas. And that as you came in here physically a mother or spiritually a mother, if you're a woman in this place, that you would leave out this place with just Jesus filling you up with hope. And that you would bloom. And that the joy of the Lord would be your strength. And so I'm thankful for you moms this morning. And I do know that as Brandy's talking, there were some real, real things, some real fears, some real unknowns. God, you said you're going to do this, but will you really? If you need prayer for anything this morning as we're worshiping, there's going to be prayer workers right up front. We'd encourage you to come get prayer. I'm going to come dismiss us in just a couple of minutes. Jesus, we love you this morning. We praise you this morning. And God, nothing is impossible because of what you have done, Jesus. That you make all things new. The old is gone. The new has come. I think for new life and new birth. Jesus, we worship you this morning.